This is the WP Elevation Podcast, helping WordPress consultants elevate. G'day, Troy Dean here from WP Elevation and welcome to episode two of the WP Elevation Podcast and I have with me here from the Matt Report, Matt Medeiros. Good evening, Matt. Troy, thanks for having me, buddy. I really appreciate uh, you inviting me onto the show. Absolute pleasure. And I was just saying before, it's kind of a little bit weird talking to you because I'm used to hearing your voice while I'm walking around the park in the morning, walking my dog, drinking my morning coffee, listening to the Matt Report <laughs> podcast. So, uh, <laughs> it's awesome. And you're on That's the other awesome. side of the uh, you're on the other side of the interview this time. How's how's it feeling? I, I you know it. Hey, I'm on the other side of the world, <laughs> and I'm on the other side of the interview. It's going to be tremendous. Awesome. Hey, um, just before we get started uh, talking about the Matt Report and all things WordPress, I just want to announce a competition. We're going to give away a Slocum Design WordPress theme valued at $60. Uh, uh, whatever theme you like, you can pick a theme from the Slocum Design theme shop, and we're going to give away a lifetime license of the video user manuals plugin, uh, which is valued at $240 a year, and we're going to give you a lifetime license of that, which is just ridiculous. So stick around for details on how to enter the draw for that. There's a slight pause, but That's we're still okay. here. We're back. We've got some, <laughs> we've got some Wi-Fi uh, broadband stuff going on here because we're in Australia and we don't have a very good broadband network, but that's another issue for another uh, episode. So when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grew up? So that's, a, that's an interesting question. Uh, growing up, my family ran an auto dealership, a local auto dealership. So I always fancied myself as following my father's footsteps. Um, and, and doing the same thing. And I did that for all my life, really. I mean, it, it only took me about till about eight years old until I was forced into working uh, at, the, at the family dealership. So it didn't take long for me to actually realize that, uh, that, kind, of, uh, that kind of dream. And, and it's been uh, a family business ever since. Wow, cool. Um, so when did you discover the World Wide Web and, in all its glory? Uh, same thing. Back in the days uh, of growing up, uh, you know, my father being in the auto dealership, uh, it was first a Mazda dealership and it was a General Motors dealership. So technology was something that we were we were always used to because the corporations always had like mainframe systems into our dealership. And back then, they were literally taking up full rooms of, of computers. So I was in it uh, at a very early age. I remember my dad had one of the first, I guess you would call a laptop. It was like the size of a tower with a handle, and it had a keyboard, a full QWERTY keyboard that popped off of it with a like seven-inch glass monitor inside of it. It was crazy. Um, so ever since I can remember hacking away at DOS, trying to get that thing to work, it's ever since I've been in it. Wow. And um, when, when, was the, when, when was the first moment you saw WordPress and realized that it was something that you wanted to play with? Mm. So uh, that's a much more serious story. That one, that one fast forwards me all the way to my last career, uh, which was working for an ISP, and I managed a Drupal team. Mm. Uh, we were an internet provider, but we also acquired a, a web development shop. Um, so we, uh, we had a Drupal team, and then the economy crashed uh, worldwide, uh, and people stopped paying us for Drupal, so we had to look for a lesser expensive alternative, and that's when uh, I discovered WordPress. Wow. So, so, so developing uh, websites in Drupal just became too expensive for your clients, and so you were looking for a more efficient, cost-effective alternative, and that's when you discovered WordPress. Yeah, it was, it was a weird scenario, too. This uh, internet startup that I was working for, they were in business since, like, 99, but this was around 2000. 2006, 2000, no, it's the, it's the economy, so 2007, 2008, 
where we acquired this other company. They had a Drupal shop. I was the only guy that knew how to do things with like Linux and servers and installing software. And that's what I did. I was a product manager for that. And they were like, hey, run this Drupal team. And it was just like a whole new world of just managing developers. And we just had to find something that, like, we were struggling with Drupal. So we were like, we got to find something that's for easier for us to manage and sell to these clients mm. uh, because this is a whole new territory for us. Um, but back then, people were investing, I mean, for the most basic sites, like $25,000, $30,000 for basic sites. For stuff that you're like hard pressed to get 500 bucks for today, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so money was like just being thrown around this stuff because you're like we need to be on the web, uh, but now it's very ubiquitous. Yeah. Um, so fast forwarding to today with Slocum Designs and Matt Report, how do you describe what you do in in one sentence? What's the elevator pitch, so to speak? Mm, uh, so the Matt Report is what I dub the number one WordPress business podcast. Uh, and Slocum Studio, uh, it, the elevator pitch for that is uh, a premium WordPress de- design and development shop. Um, so uh, two different two different things going on, um, but uh, that's the elevator pitch for both of them. And you've and I notice in those elevator pitches that you've deliberately positioned both of those uh, at the premium end of the market. The Matt Report is the, the world's number one business WordPress podcast, and Slocum Designs is a premium WordPress design and development shop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, intentionally uh, for uh, I don't like to get into the technicals because again I I don't consider myself a developer or a designer. I'm just one of those guys that kind of has that little bit of skill, and I'm dangerous with some of it, uh, but I don't get into it. So my focus for the Matt Report is strictly business and people and connecting with them. Uh, and then the studio is definitely premium. We're not a big shop like a Ten Up uh, or a web uh, web dev uh, studios. Uh, but we're not small like freelancers. Uh, it's a smaller team. I like to think of us like uh, Instagram. A few guys working to build something awesome uh, and then hopefully have a valuation of a billion bucks someday. <laughs> <laughs> and Web Dev Studios come and buy you out, right? <laughs> yeah, it's like, you heard it here I'm not first. saying anything. I'm not saying anything. <laughs> um, so what do you spend most of your time actually doing day to day? You know, 40% of the time uh, is probably dedicated to project management uh, of all the different projects that I oversee uh, for all the WordPress uh, service clients that we have, um, brainstorming new theme ideas or new plugin ideas, um, and just keeping a pulse on the design and dev teams. Um, you know, and then 20% is podcasting, 20% business development. Where am I? I got another 20% left. Uh, and 20% is left uh, to uh, the typical business stuff, uh, legal stuff, tax stuff. Uh, you know, is the company healthy? Where are we headed? You know, where's thing, where are things going? That kind of thing. Recruiting new uh, people to uh, be on the team, that kind of thing. Uh, but most of the day is project management, product development, and, of course, doing the podcast stuff. So out of that out of that mix, I mean, it sounds like you're juggling quite a few things throughout the day. What's the one thing that keeps you awake at night? Mm. Uh, the one thing that keeps me awake at night is, it, I guess it's that entrepreneurial thing that we all have. Like, are we headed in the right direction? Um, I know we're going to probably get into it later. One of the questions might be, like, what differentiates our themes uh, to others' themes? And that's always on the mind of any entrepreneur, whether you're starting a cheeseburger shop or you're starting a WordPress shop, um, you're always wondering, is this the right thing? Um, and, and that's really what keeps me up at night and trying to find our 
voice uh, in our little uh, niche of why we're different. Okay, so um, uh, what, so let me. I'm, I'm just going to park that. I want to come back and revisit that in a minute. Um, what do you do when you're not working? <laughs> oh man! Well, if you talk to my girlfriend, she would tell you that I just do not stop working. Uh, but what do I do when I'm not working? It's a great question. What do I do? Um, I run. Uh, I you like can, to run. You can pass if you like. It's okay to pass. Yeah. yeah. I run. Uh, I try to be healthy and uh, work out and things like that. Yep. Uh, and just try to hang out with my friends and, and family and, and, of course, my girlfriend. Yep. Uh, and uh, just try to enjoy life um, and try to shut off yeah. the, the business stuff. Uh, which is something I'm actually focusing on more of uh, lately. How do you find? I was, talk, I've, um, I was talking to Adi about the uh, from Woo Themes about the running thing. He's a big advocate of like entrepreneurs should run because it's good for their head, it's good for their body. At least, how do you find? How do you find running? Uh, I interviewed Adi, and because of my failure to back stuff up when my laptop crashed, I lost the episode. Oh no! Uh, we can talk about that later, but but he and I see that in a very similar light where. You know, and he talked about this. I forget what the word it was that he used for it, but you know, there will be times where, especially during the uh, starting off right in the morning, you you open up your to do list, your email, you get all that stuff in front of you, and then in a few hours, you you find yourself just gazing at the computer, yeah. and you're not even and you're not even doing anything. Yeah, you're just like you're just like alt tabbing between windows, <laughs> and you're just like cl- clicking around, and you're like playing your next song on Spotify, <laughs> and just thinking, and you're just like, wait, nothing is happening right now, right? Yeah. I'm not even being productive. Um, and I've kind of trained myself that when I, as soon as I realize that that's happening, shut the lid if I can and just go for a run. Yeah. Um, and that, that does, I mean, even if it's like a mile, just like stopping and getting the, the blood going helps tremendously. Yeah. Uh, I've been um, running for the last few years, but the last probably two years really picked up the, the intensity and the frequency. And um, it's funny how you can convince yourself that you're being productive when you're sitting in front of the computer, but it's not until you're in the middle of a run that all these kind of problems solve themselves and all these great ideas come to the, the forefront because you're away from the environment and you're away from that zone and you're, the blood's flowing and oxygen's going to the brain and you're thinking clearly. Let me tell you something. We're in the wrong business because we have to come up with some device that wraps around our wrist where we can take those notes and those audio notes, and I've seen them out there, but they just don't do it. They have like a little USB thing in there where you can't kind of record yourself as you're running, but they're really cheap. And I'm telling you, that's, that's something that we gotta, we got we gotta to invent. Yeah, Kickstarter, yeah. Let's, let's do it, a million yeah. bucks. Well, you heard it here first. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you're absolutely right. When you're running and the blood's going and the endorphins are firing, like you are starting to think. Of, and that's when I do some of my best thinking. Yep. But then I'll, 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 you have all these ideas, and again, the entrepreneur – you just start thinking, I can do this and we can do that. And then you forget them all by the time you're done running. You're like, damn. Yeah. Going to go run again. Yeah. <laughs> See if I can remember. Uh, so let's talk about the Matt Report just uh, quick. I just want to touch on it now. We'll come back to it in a little while. But why did you decide to start the Matt Report podcast? Mm. So this is a great question. And it's one that's gotten me in trouble before, but I really don't care. Um, <laughs> so going to WordCamps, when, when somebody is starting to uh, WordPress company, uh, whether it be freelance or you want to go to the agency model like I do, or you want to go big like a 10-up, um, you, you start going to WordCamps, you start getting involved with WordPress meetups, uh, and you start to kind of realize that WordPress, as lovey-dovey as the community is, 
you start to find that there's a clear divide of the haves and the have-nots in the WordPress world. It's not a malicious thing. It's just human nature, right? Mm-hmm. This is what happens. I mean, it's, WordPress is young. It's only 10 years old. But this is 10 years old of building what is almost like a democratic government, right, to, yeah. to, to build this product. Um, so it's not to anybody's fault. It's not a malicious thing. It just happens, mm. uh, especially when it's an open source project with people working from all over the world. So I went to a few WordCamps, and I saw this clear divide. And I didn't really do anything with it until I started getting more known in the WordPress world and, quite honestly, trying to large, uh, land larger projects and then realizing there's some red tape in the, in the water here. Um, so then I said, you know what? I'm going to start something that exposes these people, not in a bad way, but bring on people like Andrew Nason, whom I haven't <laughs> brought on yet, um, but to show that these are real developers, right? These are real human beings, and they're just working to build a great product. So mm. when people see these people out at WordCamps, they shouldn't be afraid to go up and talk mm. to them. Yeah. Um, that's the other piece of the pie was I saw all these people say, oh, there's Andrew Nason, there's JJJ. Uh, these guys are like revered developers and they're awesome people, but people were actually afraid to talk to them. Yeah. I said, I'm going to start something. I didn't know at the time it was going to be a podcast, but I'm going to start something that I can introduce these people to the folks who really want to meet them. And that's kind of how it came about. So why did it become a bi- why, why a business podcast and not a technical podcast? Excuse me. That's a great question too. Um, Thank you. <laughs> it's, it, <laughs> it, it's to the fact where I don't like to do things that I'm uncomfortable with. Uh, and I could do a technical podcast and I'd rather leave that to like blogging, like some of the technical things that, that I can comprehend, but there are so there are super smart people in the WordPress community that like, I don't want to talk about custom post types. Like that's about my knowledge. And then it stops. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like I can, I can, I understand what technology we need to architect sites when we, when we need them to surpass millions of page views a month. Mm-hmm. I certainly don't know how to execute it in the code base on the code level. Sure. Um, so I don't get into the technicals, um, business marketing and introducing people to other people is what I feel really comfortable doing. Um, that's, I guess, one of the other things I spend probably 5% of my day on is networking for other people. Hey, one of my clients could really use your services, mm. um, or introducing my clients to each other. Or when I see somebody, you know, posting a job opportunity, I say, Hey, I know somebody that could actually fill that role mm. and I, you know, hand it off to them. So, uh, that's what I'm comfortable with. And I knew I could do it without having to think about it. Uh, whereas if I went technical, I'd have to think, okay, what am I going to cover today? Two-part series on such and such. Now, the flip side of that is I do put myself through that pain <laughs> on the Slocum Studio side uh, of the podcasting. So we do uh, YouTube web shows uh, three a week, um, and those get a little bit more technical. Mm. So we do uh, Press This, which compares themes and plugins to each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do uh, SEO Lunch, which is web marketing stuff. Uh, and then we do Week in WordPress um, which is a, a technical recap of WordPress headlines of the week. And uh, that gets a little bit more technical. Gotcha. So, <clears throat> so I, I was listening to um, – I'm a Mixergy Premium member, and I love Mixergy. Uh, I'm kind of I'm kind of honing in a little bit more on WordPress, so I'm kind of listening to more and more WordPress podcasts. But there's one question that Andrew Warner asks a lot on Mixergy, and it's about – 
It's a question about self-doubt and the voices in your head that you have to deal with as an entrepreneur. And what, certainly one thing that um, I had to deal with when, we started, when I started podcasting and putting myself out there and interviewing people and putting myself on video, especially in Australia, is there's a little bit of a kind of a tall poppy syndrome in Australia, whereas you know, if you kind of stand out from above the crowd, everyone thinks you're a wanker and they just want to cut you down. Um, so, I'm cu- so I kind of had to just get over that stuff and do it. But I'm curious... Other people who have quite a public profile and do interviews and podcasts, did you have to kind of work through any of that kind of stuff and you're like, who the hell am I to run a podcast and who's going to tune in and who's going to want to be interviewed by Matt Madeiras from Slocum Design? How did you work through that? Yeah, so uh, I always say that everybody should try to sell cars uh, for <laughs> a living for at least a couple of years, right? Yeah, right. So I, I've never had – so how did I learn about sales and marketing when I was – 13 years old, my dad gave me a phone book and said, call these people, see if they want to buy a car. <laughs> and that was it, right? And, and that was my uh, foray into cold calling. Um, wow. So I've never had an, I've never had an issue uh, going up to people, presenting myself. Um, I did have some self-doubt with podcasting because I talk really low. I feel like I'm yelling. Like right now I feel like I'm yelling, but it's probably not coming in uh, very loud. That's like the only self-doubt I ever had. Now, the self-doubt of running a podca- uh, WordPress podcast and clashing with these uh, personalities has always has been an issue, um, but I really don't care. Uh, I, I just keep moving on because people in, the wor- in, in a WordPress and in any space are like, who the hell is this guy showing up talking about WordPress? Um, some people embrace it. Other people are like, oh, you don't, you don't talk about you know, caching your code or filtering your data. I'm yeah. not going to talk about you. I don't want to yeah. talk to you. Who cares about business? There's no such thing as business in WordPress. Well, yeah. <laughs> clearly there is, pal. You're yeah. just not paying attention to it. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, a little bit of self-doubt but, uh, you know, with some of the technical stuff of podcasting. Um, but uh, I found it much more uh, uh, enjoyable than, than blogging. Um, blogging was something I always tried to train myself because I – consider myself a tel- terrible writer. People read it. I, you know, I wrote a, a guest post for, for 80s uh, public beta. Uh, people loved it. And, um, you know, so that's a self-doubt. Am I writing, writing smart enough? Do people understand what I'm saying? Uh, which I'm sure they do because they would have uh, told me I was a, a fool so far. But very little self-doubt. Yeah. On the podcast. And this, this, this is the thing I find about entrepreneurs is that even if there is any kind of self-doubt, the entrepreneurial spirit means that you just do it anyway, uh, and and that's that's the difference between people who you know make things happen and people who just watch or wonder what happens. Is you might have a little bit of self doubt, but you just do it anyway. Right. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you do. I ask quotes. Uh, you know what my quotes are. My quote uh, to answer that is something my father always said to me: "Where pilgrims die tending to sheep, pioneers die with arrows in their backs." Mm. So I'd rather be the pioneer running through the woods escaping danger um, and f- being found dead with an arrow in my back than yeah. living a boring, quiet yeah. life. That's far more interesting, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so is there anyone that you really want to interview but haven't been able to book yet? Uh, Matt Moldenweg. Uh, <laughs> just, to, just to have him on uh, to talk uh, you know, about you know, his take on, on where WordPress is going and the industry of WordPress and GPL and WordPress.org. And some of the red tape that I see going on yeah. uh, over there, Chris Chris Brogan, just because he's like forty minutes away from me, and I've interviewed everybody around him in his social circle, and I'm still kind of just like, 
hey, man, come on the show. Hey, man, come on the show. <laughs> just waiting for him to finally say, okay, I'm finally going to come on the show, just because I want to sit down and talk to him. Yeah. Were you, did, did you go to Pressnomics last year in Arizona? I did not, but I'll be going this year. Ah, cool. I'll see you there, man. Nice. Um, they interviewed Matt Mullenweg on stage, actually, yep. Um, yep. about the whole, you know, well, about everything. It was really interesting. Um, that's, you know, that's a whole other episode. <laughs> if you get Matt Mullenweg, please, can you, like, give me, like, a, 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 a preview link or something? I would pay good money to watch that interview. Um, Matt interviewing Matt. Matt yeah, and the Matt I, Report. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I would hope that he would just say yes, because maybe he would think that the whole reason why I called it the Matt Report is all because of him. Um, <laughs> but I don't think he has that much uh, of an ego. Um, but I always thought, like, boy, that'd be one little, one little uh, in that I would have for him to say yes. Yeah. Um, so just on the interviewing thing, on the, on the podcasting, how do you put together the, uh, the template for, your, for uh, first of all, how do you find people to interview? And then how do you kind of structure your, your template for questioning them? Mm. So in the very beginning, so Matt, uh, I just published episode 49 today. Sweet. Uh, I have uh, three more, so I'm at like episode 52 that's already recorded. I lost six others, so I should be around 60, <laughs> but uh, I'm not. Um, so in the beginning, it was just from people that I, were fo- I was following in WordPress, local people that I knew from local WordPress meetups like WordPress Providence and WordPress Boston. Um, so I was just reaching out to them, and then as my kind of following grew, I would just start reaching out to others. Um, and then, of course, my number one, one of my questions is who I interview next, uh, and I ask the guest that question, mm. and then they say, you know, so-and-so, and then I go and knock yeah. on their door. Uh, so it becomes uh, a sustainable thing. Uh, my template is, uh, again, trying to focus a lot more on the business side uh, and how do you do XYZ of your business? How did you find clients? How did you price? Um, how did you build your product? Um, you know, what weaknesses were you able to leverage within WordPress that you, you know, have, uh, technically, um, what are your revenue numbers? Try to get a little bit more mixergy on them with getting them to reveal their numbers. Um, and as of today, um, Trent Lipinski, I just, uh, published today and he came on, you know, shared his numbers, you know, upwards of 35,000 a month, uh, on WordPress theme sales. Um, wow. 20,000 customers and, and, and he was an open book and he, and he shared all that information with us so that was pretty good Wow, awesome I'm going to pop some links underneath this video to those episodes on the Matt Report so you guys can check it out um, You're the- a better man than me because I try doing that and I just can't like when I get all my questions speaking of templates like I have my questions in front of me and the, the big thing in red up top just says no ums because I'll sit there and be like um <laughs> uh, so uh, and then I have to tell myself, don't say that. That's like, so that's, that's one of the things that uh, maybe I kind of uh, mentally fight myself on during these Yeah, podcasts. yeah, but it's, it's, all, uh, it's all practice and all experience and all, you know. So do you, do you send the question through to your interviewees in advance? Nope. Uh, no, so when, you, so when you gave me your questions, I was like, wow, this is, this is great. This is awesome. And maybe I should do that. But then I, see, I like to interview, it's really off the cuff. Right. So yeah. a lot of it, like I'll have a few, like, cause I already know going in what kind of entrepreneur they are, where they're at in their business. Yep. So it's just my innate interest to ask them questions that I'd like to have the answers to. Um, so I already kind of know going in handful of times. Uh, I was, 
I didn't do any like hard research or I, I really didn't have any questions prepared. And then the guest was just not a very good uh, interviewee. Um, they just were uncomfortable um, or they just gave like real quick like two word answers. And I was like, oh, you got to talk a little bit more <laughs> so that yeah. we can keep this thing going. Um, so. Yeah, I, I think the reason that I send into questions through in advance is because I just want to make sure there's nothing in there that the guest is uncomfortable talking about. Um, mm. When I interviewed Rand Fishkin from Moz, I, I explored that there's this you know, famous story about how he proposed to his wife, um, and I really wanted to explore that because I think it actually revealed a lot about Rand as, as a person and as an entrepreneur. But I just want to make sure he was comfortable talking about his personal life uh, in such a public forum. So. I, I think, yeah, uh, I think that's why I do it. And I, I must say, like, no one's ever come back and said, no, I don't want to talk about that. And also, I don't th I don't, it doesn't feel to me like their answers are scripted. So it doesn't feel like I'm losing any kind of spontaneity by doing it in advance. But um, No, I, I really do like this. I like this. Uh, I like your approach as well. Cool. Hey, um, so what's the best thing about having, uh, uh, being, having such a visible profile on the Internet? Uh, so the best thing is... Um, it's a lot of things, actually. It's number one. The podcast is actually very rewarding. I don't monetize it. Um, it's sort of just a handoff to who I am and what I do with Slocum. Um, I have some thoughts of like monetization, but it's really just to, um, you know, help me continue through with with actually doing the podcast. Things that you know, I think that it just proves that I'm doing something really good. Um, but besides that, uh, it's very rewarding because people like yourself and others. Uh, will send me emails and be like, hey, that, that was the best, you know, interview I've ever heard. Um, you know, really opened my eyes to, you know, such and such in my business. Um, I had somebody email me once that they were listening to it right before they went into surgery. <laughs> and wow. it was just like, I, I was listening about how to, like, get customers and how, how I do pricing and not to let them, uh, you know, bully me on, on my pricing. And, you know, it was just, it made me feel really good that when I came out of surgery, I was going to go back at it and, and work on my business and things like that. Uh, are really good. Making the connections in the WordPress world, going to WordCamps and having people say that they listen to the show is, is tremendous. Mm. Um, and on the flip side, it actually helps with business. Um, you know, people are referring uh, their clients or, you know, or people that they may not have bandwidth for or clients that don't fit, you know, their need. Um, you know, and, and that's been, that's been a, a tremendous uh, thing uh, for the business as well. It's great positioning too, isn't it? It's, uh, I, I spoke at WordCamp Melbourne a few months ago and one of the things I was talking uh, about is um, you know, make product if you can because you know, it's really hard to argue with a web designer on price if that web designer makes a product that thousands of other web designers around the world are buying and using for their clients. It's really hard to negotiate on price with that guy because he's obviously at the top of his game. So it's a, I think the podcasting interviewing thing is a really good positioning exercise. Yeah, um, you know, it's, it's, you know, not, not to give away the, the secret sauce, <laughs> but uh, the, uh, you know, when it comes to Slocum and when clients approach us and they say, hey, we heard you guys can build a scalable WordPress site, but we're kind of looking at some other WordPress shops, what differentiates you. Uh, well, we can talk to them about process. We can talk to them about, uh, you know, the stuff that we've built. But then I can also leverage the fact that we have almost 1,700 YouTube subscribers uh, for all of our WordPress shows. We give back to the WordPress community that way, uh, and then they get and I guess on the they get to look at us and listen to us. They like the way we approach, and, and it's all right out yeah. there in the open. I mean, read our blogs, watch our shows, tune into our podcasts. If you don't like us, 
yep. uh, then you don't like us, and you <laughs> I guess yep. you can find somebody else. Uh, but it is you're right; it's positioning definitely. Cool. So let's talk about Slocum for a minute. Um, yep. Slocum is a father and son founding team, so it's you and your dad, right? That's correct. So we started it uh, four years ago, uh, or no, geez, yeah, four years ago. We got out of the car business six years ago, um, and uh, my father was uh, a pro or is a pro photographer. So photography was something that I was always doing. Uh, sort of when I was at the tail end of my last career at that ISP. He started doing more because he got out of the car business. He started doing more photography stuff, and then he started, you know, somebody he did some photography for an e-commerce company, and they were like, "Hey, we need a site. Do you know how to do that?" And he's like, "I think my son knows how to do something like that." <laughs> so then, I, then we started to, you know, kind of combine efforts. He would do some photography. I would build a site at night for somebody, and then, then we went full force, and it was just like, okay, well, um, take all your clients that you've known uh, in the local business for the last. 50 years of running a car dealership, let's throw them uh, some direct marketing and say, hey, we're starting a, a web shop and uh, we can do photography and build sites for you. And then we started recruiting and building a team and getting more and more involved with WordPress. And that's sort of how it spun off. Wow. So the, word, the word Slocum, I don't think I've ever told this on a, on a, on a podcast interview before, is actually a uh, resemblance to the Slocum River, which is right down the street from us. Oh. So it's it's kind of, uh, and then our our identity uh, is a swan, uh, and to show uh, strength, beauty, and stuff like that. Ah, so yeah, the swan analogy. Uh, I've always thought of you know calm and peaceful uh, above the water, and you know kicking like mad below where you can't yeah. see. That's that's actually that's another great that's another <laughs> great way to put it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, any advice for uh, for people uh, wanting to go into business with family members? Whoo. <laughs> That's like a whole other... That's a whole episode, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. We should start like a psychology podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk about stuff like that. Um, yeah. So, you know, go back to earlier in the podcast where I say that I was forced to work uh, when I was, you know, forced to work with air quotes. Those of you Child listening, forced to work when I was very young, uh, cleaning cars and at the time... Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, cleaning cars and being and thrown into the family business and doing that kind of stuff uh, and everything was fine. I was like, hey, I'm making, you know, I just washed 400 cars and my dad paid me $20. That's amazing, right? So, and, and then I was like, I can buy all the comic books I want. But then I started getting into my teenage years and I was like, I don't want to work. I want to go and hang out with my friends. So things got a little rocky then. Um, but, um, but that's growing up and that's just, that's just life. Yeah. Um, you know, go, going at it with a family, uh, you just have to go in it with an open mind and know that you can still talk to each other. Uh, at a very uh, human, I guess, lack of a better word, level uh, that you couldn't talk to uh, with a boss, I guess, or if you were in a corporation or something like that. Um, I, I've tried to start a couple um, other companies with other co-founders um, who I was like semi-friends with, but not full-on like best buds, um, which ended horribly. Uh, the business did, but the relationship didn't. Uh, but that was different because you just wanted to tell them, like, you're crazy. This isn't going to work. Pay attention to where we're going. You can kind of do that when you're with a family. You can kind of fight a little bit more when you're mm. a family and know that you're still family. Mm. Uh, but it's tough when you just simply don't know the other person that well because if you do get into an argument, it's going to be a little bit tougher. So do you, do you and your dad still kind of hang out outside the business and do, like, fun stuff together? 
Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, you know, one of our favorite things is croquet, <laughs> which is what we do at, at, uh, you know, we're having cookouts and stuff and we're very competitive with one another. Wow. Um, awesome. and, we're, and we're very, com- yeah, and we're very competitive within, uh, within the office too. Um, you know, depending on uh, what it is we might be selling, whether it be a client or bringing in a new client or coming up with a new product idea that works, that kind of thing. Yeah. Who's the boss in the office? Oh boy, he's going to tune into this later. I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say me. I'm going to say me. Only because he, I think he wants to retire and not do it anymore. So I'll say me. Cool, awesome. Um, let's talk about uh, Slocum's themes. When did yep. you, when did you, um, when did you know that selling premium themes was an idea worth pursuing? So, this is an interesting story too. Uh, so we started doing themes probably uh, a year and a half ago. So we were doing a lot of just off-the-shelf marketing sites for folks that were coming to us looking to build uh, marketing blogs, uh, especially with like the whole Web, 2, Web 2.0, you know, uh, SEO, get leads to your site, blah, 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 all that fun stuff. So we started building a lot of marketing sites. And we had a lot of legal clients um, and we had a lot of real estate clients. So then we're like, you know what? Let's focus on like sort of these verticals and build these um, build these themes. Um, but we what we were doing was we were kind of building out too many different variants all at once uh, while we weren't. Um, so they're getting too specific, right? Um, where we weren't getting a, a general kind of canvas laid out there for to steal the word of woo themes. We weren't yeah. building a canvas. Um, so we saw a lot of success with the legal theme. A lot of success with um, the uh, um, real estate theme, um, and then we were like, you know what? It's time to build something that we can uh, use for all of our in-house projects that we're building, and then, like you said before, build some kind of starter theme that works for a lot of people. It doesn't do a whole bunch of things all at once, uh, and that's when Minimize was kind of born, and that one's been uh, really good for us. We launched it last month, and we. You know, in the repo, it's about 7,000 downloads so far. We're not really doing much marketing uh, about it yet, uh, but we are releasing a bunch of child themes for it. Um, and we like to think of ourselves as a mix, so we're still focused on services, client services. Um, we like to think that we can build multiple streams of revenue, and themes just adds to that, that revenue stream. So how did you, how's the marketing process been like for the premium themes? Has that just all been kind of word of mouth or, you know, how, what, what kind of growth hacking kind of tips can you give us there? Yeah, the growth hacking has actually been all the blood, sweat, and tears that we've put into our YouTube uh, channel and all of that content. Um, so WordPress is a funny thing, and I talk about this a lot, about like WordPress news and WordPress media. Mm. Everybody's like, I don't, I don't need WordPress news, I can just get it on Twitter. Um, but then, like when you see sites like WP Daily go down, uh, WP Candy go down, people are like, "Where's my news?" Right? Yeah. Uh, I need my news. Uh, it's like, well, you said you didn't want it. Um, <laughs> but the uh, so the point of that is, for the last year, it's almost been a year since we've had our YouTube channel up. Um, like I said, almost 1,700 subscribers, and we just put out content three times a week, uh, and that's been our our marketing vehicle. Um, we don't even really push it that much. Um, and uh, we're just starting to get into building out these uh, other child themes for Minimize, uh, and that's when I think we'll start to do a little bit more of, hey, this show's brought to you by Minimize Pro, mm. um, you know, and, and, and kind of pushing that way. 
Um, but the reaction that you have uh, in a YouTube channel is tremendous. Like people are always sending us like we get so many contact forms. And I apologize to everybody that sends stuff in. Like we can't answer them because a lot of people will be like, Hey, so your show. So I got these three plugins and I'm trying to build Facebook and I want to know how you can kind of configure these and yeah. like, Whoa. And, and let me just hit on one other point. When you ask about what are the, uh, what's it like to put yourself out there? We actually had to take our phone number off the website because people were calling us like for like gravity form support. Like, hey, we saw that you, um, you know, that you reviewed gravity forms. I have gravity forms. I can't figure out how to do this. And people were like calling us up and like we had phone calls coming in. Like, do you guys support these plugins? No, we just reviewed them. Well, where can I get support? Where you bought it from? How do I do that? You have to email them. So then I'm like thinking as the entrepreneur, I'm thinking, I wonder if I just should start a phone phone shop where people can just call up and I have all these people um, and do phone support. Uh, no, I shoot myself. Um, <laughs> the, uh, so yeah, I mean, so, you know, that's been the biggest thing for us. It's not easy to do the YouTube stuff because it, it takes up a lot of time yeah. and a lot of content to push out. Um, but as soon as a video goes out, people are like, I want it. I want to consume it. When's your next video coming out? I love it. Mm. It's funny, I mean, because what I'm hearing there is it's just good old-fashioned, consistent content marketing. Yeah, yeah. You know, I go back to this, the same thing before. It's, it's like what we're comfortable with. And, you know, the other thing about the Matt Report and getting into this was, and here's another thing that people aren't going to like, but I'm a big fan of Pat Flynn, Smart Passive Income, all that stuff. Uh-huh. And, and web marketing, but it always seemed, and even Mixergy, and I've, I've send, sent this to Andrew countless times. When he interviews somebody and he says, so how did you get started? Well, I went and I, and I slapped together a WordPress site, grabbed somebody to make a plugin for me for five bucks. Uh, then we built the theme, and you know, that was only $3, and then I went to 99designs, had 1,000 people make something for me, paid 50 bucks. And then I'm like, okay, so your total cost was $250 for the site that does this, but who's your support? Who's your developer? Where's the thought of you know, scale and growth for your WordPress site? Because I know you're only paying $3 a month for hosting. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's, what, that's when I was just like, you know, I, I like this stuff. I like these little growth ha- hack things, but I just don't see myself like, doing that. And the only way I know how to sell is just put the stuff out there. Yeah. If you like me, like me. If you don't, you don't. And that's it. It's funny. I, I work with some uh, in my consulting business. I work with some professional services companies, like accountants and lawyers, and we don't like we just don't talk about marketing. We talk about positioning. It's all about positioning. If you position yourself as the trusted expert, for want of a better term, whatever you want to call it, someone like it's kind of like the medical profession. You know, when was the last time you queried your doctor on his price, his process, his knowledge? Nothing. You don't query him on his business model because he's a doctor. Right, right. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, we have to be more like like doctors, more like lawyers, and less like your computer repair guy. You know, who shows up and and, and says, "I'll fix your computer for fifty bucks." Um, You know, because that's you know not as hard. They just reinstall Windows, and (laughs) there you go, Uh, and it's fixed, right? Because hey, you're gonna start. You're gonna start. If you're on a Mac, you don't need a computer repair guy, right? (laughs) Right, right, right. 
Hey, uh, let's get into the elevation round. So um, for those of you that don't know, we run uh, the world's first business accelerator program designed specifically for WordPress consultants to build an exceptional business. So I'm just going to run through some quick questions here and get some uh, ideas from Matt on how you can elevate as a freelancer or a WordPress consultant. So what's the number one thing any freelancer or consultant needs to know? Set expectations with your clients. Oh. It's like the, the number number Ooh. one thing. Who you are, what you do, back to what I was saying before, it's what you're capable of. If, if you're out there buying WordPress themes from me, from Woo themes, and then you're out there calling yourself a web designer and you're never designing anything, don't call yourself a web designer because yeah. the expectation is you're going to be able to customize that and do That's all true. this fun stuff. Yeah. And then halfway through, you're going to be like, well, I only charge you 500 bucks. And you say, well, I thought you were a web designer. Yeah. Just say you're a consultant. It's exactly. okay to be honest. Exactly. You know, it was, so just to digress for a minute, it was that episode of the Matt Report when I heard you say that. I was in a supermarket and you said, you know, don't call yourself a web designer or a web developer if you're not designing and you're not developing. Just call yourself a web consultant. And I went, right, I'm gonna, I have to interview this guy. Like, in my mind, you just went like that when you said that one thing. It's like, don't pretend to be something you're not, and it's okay to just be a, a WordPress consultant. That's really valuable, being a WordPress consultant. Yes, you're absolutely right. If I could go back, that's what I would call myself. Yeah. <laughs> I, would, I wouldn't get into the designing of sites if I could do it all over again. Yeah. Uh, what's the best thing you've ever done to find new customers? Uh, start the podcast, um, but number one, uh, get out and get into networking. It doesn't have to be WordCamp. Matter of fact, I'd suggest not going to a WordCamp. Um, go to somewhere else. Uh, yeah. You know, um, the third thing though that I've, I'm hoping to put a blog blog post together would actually be Twitter and social media. Everyone yeah. says start a Facebook page and do this, do that. Uh, I have some really good uh, results. Uh, of, of landing some good sized projects through Twitter. And that just takes time. Yep. How do you stop competing on price? Back to the honesty um, and setting the expectation. Um, I was on a phone call today uh, with a potential $30,000 sale. Um, and they were just stuck on, we want like the world's best branding. Um, and I just positioned it as we can do branding for you. Uh, but the first thing that our wheelhouse is what we're really good at is developing uh, a solution for this technological hurdle you're, you're trying to get over. Um, they just wanted to like look really good and they wanted the synergy and all this stuff. I said, we could sit here and I am more than happy um, to sit there and spin the wheels and designing the best looking whatever this might be. Uh, but our focus has to be doing this right uh, so that it works on mobile devices and uh, you know it grows and scales to the amount of users that you want uh, accessing the site. Uh, so it's just honesty, setting that expectation. That's what I do. Awesome. Any tips on writing better proposals to get more conversions? This is a good one. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've really, every year we try something new with proposals. Um, every and, year? <laughs> every year. So you mean every, every week? Every, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we try to go every year. We, we look back and we say what was working, what wasn't. Um, I'll tell you one thing that helps with your proposals. Uh, I don't think this is one of your uh, questions, um, but I have, uh, speaking of family business, my cousin is our operations manager, and he comes from, uh, he comes from the world of manufacturing, uh, and manufacturing with stuff that had a very low margin. Um, so he counts every single penny. Uh, so we track all of our data. Um, how long a client 
project took, how long the, uh, the, uh, the developer took, the designers took, every bit and piece has been broken down for the last four years. So we know what our averages are, and we know how we can price this stuff when uh, a typical client comes along that fits sort of that mold. Um, but we're always trying something new, um, and now we're going into it with um, slowing the client down um, and really taking the time uh, to listen and uh, and then speak uh, about, you know, half the conversation should be listening to them, and then the other half is you explaining yourself, your process, uh, and what they can expect. Mm. Listening first is really uh, important, isn't it? Yeah, yes. Favorite tool or system for CRM? Uh, I like this question. Um, used to be a diehard Basecamp fan, uh-huh. which I'm sure a lot of people are. Mm-hmm. Um, but we've, in the last, since the beginning of the year, actually, it's already uh, September, uh, we switched over to Trello. Um, okay. Trello is great. It's, first of all, it's, uh, it's free. Um, and I have a whole spiel about, like, all of these web services that are, like, five bucks here and ten bucks here. And then before you know it, you're spending 700 bucks a month yeah. uh, <laughs> on services. Mm-hmm. Um, it all kind of interconnect with each other. But Trello is free. It's real time. It's got a really great mobile app. Um, and we actually took out uh, the whole client process of uh, integrating our clients with, we used to integrate our clients with help desk, uh, excuse me, with Basecamp. And it was just the whole other thing that we had to train them on, mm-hmm. on how to use. Um, so we switched over to something else to track projects with clients, and it, it's done strictly through email uh, and Trello, uh, oh, just Freshdesk, uh, which is the support system that we use. Yep. Uh, and then we use Trello to manage the, uh, the projects in-house. Cool. What's the best way to keep a project and a client on track? Expectations. Expectations. <laughs> uh, so expectations. Expectations. They really have to know what, what it is they're gonna that they're gonna be uh, involved with. Uh, we at the beginning of every project, uh, we have a blueprint of uh, or a calendar view of when we think uh, our milestones will be hit and the milestones that we request that they hit. Um, the other thing, to, a great way to keep a client on track, um, and this is something that a lot of freelancers don't do, is build in uh, your your uh, project management as a line item um, on the proposal. And again, if you're collecting data, you kind of know as a year goes by, like how many hours did I spend project managing that type of client? Mm. So when that next type of client comes along that you think is going to be a high-touch client, You'll know that, boy, that last time I had that client, it was yeah. like 20, 20 hours of me just dealing with their questions. Yep. You build that into the next proposal, and then what we like to do on our calendar review is set the times that we are going to have these stand-up meetings uh, with the client so that they don't just expect that they can call in any day and say, okay, I want to talk about our project, where we're at. No, 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 it's like we've only allotted four meetings, yep. um, you, know, you know, discovery uh, launch and then whatever other ones you want to put in the middle, um, and then it's a great upsell uh, as well. Matt, my friends, that there is worth the price of admission on its own, uh, given that it's a free podcast. Um, you know, actually having scheduled meetings with your clients. I had, a, I had a, one of our, our, our clients on the phone to me the other day saying, how do I get my customers to stop ringing the phone You know, two or three times a week asking me questions about the project? I'm like, really easy. Schedule a client meeting with them and tell them, bring this up in the weekly roundup or the weekly meeting. Yeah. The other thing that you can do too, which works, um, is uh, have different prices for unscheduled and scheduled work. Yeah. Um, that's 
seems to work really good with us too. So if, and this will actually probably goes back to how you can close your, your proposals is you can say, here's our price. If you accept this, um, whatever it's, let's say like your added, your rate is $125 an hour. If you scheduled it, scheduled into the pipeline, it's $125 an hour. If you schedule something out of the pipeline, it's 175 an hour. Well, what's the difference? Well, it's like an emergency work or, you know, something that you need help with that is just not in our, in our schedule. And if you're trying to elevate yourself, um, then it's, you're coming off as, okay, you're the real deal, right? (laughs) You're not messing around. You're, You're not like, my cousin's neighbor's kid who comes over to fix my computer. You're That's right. trying to help me with my business. Exactly. And doing that unscheduled work actually takes you away from other projects which cost oh. you money. So the unscheduled stuff should be priced out more. Oh, yes, absolutely. It's, it, and it's, such a, it's something that you just don't see coming. Yeah. Right? It, it's like you, you think to yourself, like, yep, uh, I can just, all right, I'll, unscheduled work, no problem. It's $125 an hour. And you don't realize that over the course of a year how that stacks up. Um, and how you're actually losing money when you're actually doing that, uh, when you're, you know, you're not fulfilling your, you're not fulfilling projects that are in the pipeline and then you're not out there building business and bringing in new business, which could be more profitable. Yeah. Uh, onto new business, any ideas for getting referrals from your existing customers? Uh, keep right off the bat, even if you have one customer and this is what we did. Uh, I remember our, our first, uh, website that we designed, uh, try to knock it out of the park. If you're, if you're just starting out, try to knock it out of the park, do a great, great job. Say, can I add you to my uh, newsletter with all my customers and email them as if they were on a list of a hundred people. Yeah. Um, I do that. Uh, we do that with, we did it with themes. Uh, we do it with hosting. Um, and we're going to start to do it with, um, uh, the YouTube stuff. But just stay connected as much as possible. And then when, if you can help your clients, like all the time my clients are, I'm either sending them a referral from one of my other clients or sending them some kind of tidbit that I see in the news um, or fun stuff like their favorite sports teams, mm. right? Like, I, you know, I, I know you love the sports team. Football just started in the U.S. Being like, hey, you know, hope you, hope you get these Patriots tickets this year or something like that. And just doing fun things like that to stay connected all the time. John Janch in the, in the referral engine, the book, the referral engine, he talks about ref, like referring business to your clients, giving referrals right. is the best way to get them and, and adding value as much as you can add value and introduce your network to each other. I, uh, you know, another tip that actually just landed me another, uh, another, uh, good lead the other day was, uh, I stay in touch with all the people who have said no to me until they just are like, Matt, you know, I'm never going to do business with you. I haven't, I've had one person say that to me, right. by the way. Um, and I don't mean like, I don't mean like, you know, every week I'm calling these, but I'll have people that I know that are, could be really good clients with us um, that I know are having problems because they went with another agency based on price. Mm-hmm. And if I, you simply just watch their website, has their website relaunched yet? Yep. Nope. Yep. Send them an email. Just wanted to check in, see how you're doing. And I've had people share stuff and it helps you learn. Like I'll, if I don't get a, a project, I always say, what, did, what didn't I do that could improve my process? Because we're always trying to improve. Yeah. Um, and I ask, you know, not everybody answers, but uh, it's definitely you get some good feedback that way. Awesome. Uh, what's the number one thing you can do to differentiate yourself? Uh, the number one thing that I, I, that I think we do is, is just getting our voice out there uh, and being as public as possible. Um, I like to say that we're, you know, one of the things I always joke around with is we're not geeks in a basement. Uh, you know, we're not, again, back to the computer thing. It's like we're not just like computer people. We just talk honest stuff. 
uh, and we're as honest as we can be with everything, um, and just you know saying that we worked hard uh, for for the clients and back it up with uh, case studies and testimonials and referrals and stuff like that. Awesome. Okay, so we're almost in the home straight here. Let's talk about the future for a little bit. What's the future of Slocum Designs look like? Internet connection. All right. You got me now? Got you now. Cool. Uh, all right. We're almost in the home straight here. Uh, let's talk about the future for a second. What does the future of Slocum Designs look like? Uh, so uh, going back to uh, Minimize Pro, the theme, uh, using that as a foundation to build uh, a great, powerful, uh, robust publishing platform with uh, sort of like what 8-Bit was doing with Standard. Uh, that's what we kind of like to look at. We're, we're not looking to do a Woo themes, have 150 different themes that, that serve all needs. We're trying to find our fit uh, with our voice and, and build something that people are going to love to use. Uh, not everyone will like it, but uh, we'll try our best. Sweet. And uh, what's the future of the Matt Report? Future of the Matt Report, uh, maybe getting into, I'm going to launch a forum finally <laughs> so cool. that people can uh, talk about the uh, the different past episodes and have an archive of it. Uh, I, I definitely want things to be more uh, impactful um, so that people are, every episode is something that somebody can pick up and and go back to, to revisit and use as like a workbook almost uh, for whatever that episode might be about. So I'm really going to try to, the next 50 episodes, try to do something that's going to really leave an impact every episode. Nice. Looking forward to that. Um, All right. Let's just, before we wrap up, what's the number one piece of advice you would give any entrepreneur trying to build their own business? Hmm. This is a good one. Um, You have to... Simplify your idea and then simplify it again <laughs> and then simplify it one more time. Uh, because I think as entrepreneurs, we get uh, way too obsessed with, with everything that we see and all the possibilities. Like, I don't know about you, but I see like one idea like comes across my radar and I can like already see myself selling that company and getting on a boat, uh, you know, heading off to an island. Like the idea hasn't even gone across the screen yet. Like it's something I see in Twitter and I'm like, yeah. I'm a millionaire. And like I, I haven't even, I haven't even, like nothing has even happened and you have like a million different ways you can go. Um, so if you can really simplify your idea, it's so much easier if you can like, when I was blogging, it was like, I'm a web professional, and I was just blogging about everything I could possibly write about. And it's like Facebook, Twitter, computers, Apple. Like, no, no, no. Like, no one's ever going to listen to this. And like, I tried honing in again, and it's just business marketing. Like, no, everyone's doing that. And then back down again to WordPress. And now I'm like, I, I might even need to get like more focused in again. I don't know what it's going to be. Um, you know, just WordPress loops, <laughs> building a business on WordPress loops. Um, I don't know what, what that'll be, but, uh, definitely hone in and launch, just get it out there, get it out there, not in a crappy way. MVP kind of gets me a little irritated, um, because I see a lot of people just putting out kind of garbage stuff just because it, they think it's just so easy. Um, but you're out there with a lot of comp- competitors. So I'd make something that you can really polish up, something that you're really comfortable with and proud of uh, that you can launch really fast uh, because time is of the essence. Awesome. So get specific and get shipping, yeah? Yep. Cool. Yes, sir. Nice. Um, Just before we wrap up, 
I'm going to announce the details of this competition where I, I'm going to give away a Slocum design theme of your choice. Whoever wins the competition will pick up a theme uh, of their choice. And we're, you're also going to pick up a lifetime license of the video user manuals plugin, which I'm sure my business partner is going to kill me for. Um, so given that Matt and I are both big fans of the business podcast and we both run business podcasts, what we thought we'd do is get you to leave some comments under this video and tell us the one thing you want to learn from watching and listening to business podcasts. Why do you tune into business podcasts? What's the one thing you're looking for? The one golden nugget? What is the one thing that you want to learn? I'll get Matt to come back in a week's time and have a look through the comments and award uh, the prize to the winner. Sound good? Sounds tremendous. Awesome. All right. Where can people reach out to Matt Medeiros? Uh, so you can find me at Matt Report, uh, MattReport.com, at MattReport on Twitter, uh, and Slocum Studio. Uh, you can find us on Twitter, on YouTube, on the website. Uh, go ahead and search for Minimize Pro. That will also pull us up as well. Beautiful. And I'm going to put all of those links underneath the video. Um, and finally, <laughs> to, uh, to uh, you know, uh, rip off someone else who ripped off someone else's strategy. Uh, who would you like me to try and interview? And <laughs> oh man, you know who you should get on. One of my favorite interviews and one of my most popular interviews is uh, Jose Caballer. Um, forget which episode it is, but I'll send it to you. Sweet. He is the founder of the school S K O O L, and he used to be the host of This Week in Web Design. Um, which was on J Jason Calacanis's network uh, yep. this week in startups. Um, that dude is is tremendous, super smart, and awesome. Um, not a huge fan of WordPress, <laughs> uh, but uh, but he, I mean, just the knowledge that he that he'll drop on the audience is tremendous. Awesome. Well, Jose, I'm coming to get you, courtesy of Matt Medeiros. So I'll keep make you... I'll make the I'll make the connection. Beautiful. <laughs> keep your eyes on your inbox. Hey, Matt Medeiros, I know we had some technical problems today, and thank you for persisting uh, with me. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the WP Elevation podcast. And uh, I wish you all the best for Slocum Designs and the Matt Report. And I look forward to listening to your voice while I'm walking my dog, having my coffee around the park in the morning. <laughs> I hope that's not too weird, man. <laughs> no, man. Nope. Not weird at all. As long as, as, long as you're, you know, yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks again uh, for, uh, for being our guest here. And I look forward to hearing you again on the Matt Report. It's been great, Troy. Thanks for having me. Cheers. Thanks, Matt.